We shall fight with growing confidence and growing strength in the air. We shall fight on the beaches. We shall fight on the landing grounds. We shall fight in the fields and in the streets. We shall never surrender until in God's good time, the new world with all its power and might steps forth to the rescue and the liberation of people. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. As Russia wages war on Ukraine, the United States military rises to the challenge and trains officers in gender identity. We have literally lost our ever-loving minds. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Good morning and welcome to today's rebellion. Today's show is the United States military, specifically a story about the United States Army and its current training of our officers in gender identity. Uh, you can't make this stuff up. The world teeters on the edge of World War III, and that's not hyperbole. We're all very anxious right now as we watch Vladimir Putin rush across the Ukraine attack a sovereign country, crush civilians. Casualties are in the thousands. And we sit over here in the United States and we focus on gender identity. We, we somehow think it's important to talk about diversity rather than defense. We somehow believe that multiculturalism is more important than military strength. In the face of a despot such as Vladimir Putin, we are going to help our officers understand why some of our soldiers want to wear a dress rather than dress like men and act like men. We talk about toxic masculinity when we need a few good men who are perhaps strong in their masculinity, strong enough to step forward and defend our country. I talked about George Orwell's 1984 yesterday. I talked about how up is down and down is up. Evil is good and good is evil. The Ministry of Truth in the United States is now in the business of perpetuating lies. And this story out of our United States military, our United States Army, about them being fixated, focused on this fantasy, this fabrication of the fake, paying attention to the things that are not real rather than attending to the things that are. We have real threats to human freedom represented in Vladimir Putin, Russia, and this expansion, this invasion, minor incursion, I guess, according to Uncle Joe, into Ukraine. And we sit around talking about how we should be training our army officers to be supportive of a man who wants to surgically alter his body and remove functioning organs because he's dysphoric and he's confused and he's so intent on himself that he would never even think of setting that aside for the sake of service for his country. There's everything wrong with this story. Everything wrong with this story. And as I've said before on this show, if you don't think our enemies are watching and laughing at us, 
China builds up a superhuman army. They're literally experimenting with ways to make their soldiers stronger genetically, chemically. And we're sitting around talking about how to turn our men into women and pretend that this is important. Of all the places that we should not be experimenting with this in our culture right now, it's in our military. Today's story is about how Russia wages war on Ukraine and how the United States military, specifically our army, rises to the challenge, responds to this conflict that is so real in our world right now. We rise to the conflict in this Orwellian fashion and declare the truth to be lies and the lies to be truth. And that diversity is more important than defending our Constitution, our borders, our way of life. One nation, under God, indivisible, with liberty and justice for all. We won't defend that. We won't defend our pledge of allegiance. We won't defend our national borders, the sovereignty of our country. We've got two million people rushing across our borders and we do nothing. Some of them terrorists and we know that. They've infiltrated our country. And our United States government has aided and abetted them by dispersing them across our nation secretly into communities, maybe even our own. We know these stories are real. We know they're true. We know that what I'm saying right now is not a lie, but yet we don't attend to it. We've been living in a fairy land, a fairy tale. We've been living a delusion. We've been living as Winston Smith ultimately ended up living. Yes, he fought it for a while in Orwell's 1984. As I said yesterday, he pushed back. He tried to. He tried to push back against the Ministry of Truth as it perpetuated lies and encouraged him to play the game. But ultimately, because he was more interested in his personal safety, his material good, because he had no confidence in eternity, he ended up parroting the party, denying reality, denying the truth, perpetuating the ultimate lie by reciting over and over again the mantra that two plus two equals five. That's exactly where we are in our military. Two plus two equals five is no more absurd than saying that man is a woman and that woman is a man. Bruce Jenner is a female, even though Bruce Jenner says that men should not participate in female athletics because it's unfair. The world is upside down. We have feminists claiming that men have the right to steal female sports, female identity, and female dignity. We have people who pretend to be pro-woman who turn around and tell you that women really don't matter. And when we blackface them and mock them and malign them and make fun of them by dressing up in exaggerated makeup and costume, well, that's a moral good. And we need to train our officers in the military to understand the moral high ground of playing in this make-believe world and enabling our soldiers 
accordingly. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is The Rebellion. Let's take a break, and I'll be right back in a couple minutes. Okay, welcome back to The Rebellion. A lot of what I said in the introduction you've heard before, but it bears repeating. It's important. Repetition, repetition, repetition. As I've said before in previous shows, it's been a while since I reminded you of this lesson of good teaching, this lesson of good learning, that repetition is important. As you know, I said several shows back, I even said it in some of the introductory broadcasts of the Rebellion, some 420 episodes ago, that it was once asked of a retired college president. I believe, if my memory is right, he was the president of Earlham College. He had been there for some 20-odd years, successful college president. When he retired, somebody interviewed him and asked him, what was the secret to your successful college and university presidency? And he responded with three words, repetition, repetition, repetition. It's important that we go back time and time again. Go back to the well. Go back to the well time and time again because that's where you get your water. That's where you get your sustenance. That's where you quench your thirst. So if you want thirst for learning, thirst for knowledge, thirst for the ability to retain this information and then communicate it effectively, then repeat it. And you'd repeat these things by virtue of memory privately Repeat it to yourself over and over again. We know that rote memory is good. Don't let educators, contemporary educators, disparage rote memory. It's a positive thing. It's not a negative thing because you get these things in your head, in your heart. And when you understand them over and over again in times of crisis, those things will pour out of your head, pour out of your heart because you've put them in there over the years. So rote memory is not bad. Oh, you can do more than that. You should actually practice what you preach, which is the second part of repetition. When you start practicing it, when you actually start doing it, when you start teaching it, when you start going out into the public square and actually voicing it, the more you do it, the more capable you are and the more um, perfected your message becomes. And you actually understand it better than you did in the first place because you've repeated it, you've fine-tuned it, you've actually honed your communication. You understand what it is that you're trying to say better as time goes on. Those listening to you will likewise understand it better than they probably did when you first started trying to communicate these important ideas. The point is this, repetition, 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 repetition. Yes, I'm repeating a couple things today, but that's okay. Because I'm guessing that many of you listening right now, even though you might be thinking, well, haven't we talked about this before? Fine. Yes, we have. But this is important stuff. Reality is important. Truth is important. Taking on the lies of our day and challenging them effectively is important. And one story after another story always revisits something that's always been said before as Solomon says in the book of Ecclesiastes in the Old Testament, there is nothing new under the sun. The reality of our existence is repetition. We keep committing the same mistakes over and over again. We keep engaging in the same sins generation after generation. Human beings, human beings are like a dog returning to its vomit. Yes, that's a graphic illustration, but it's an illustration straight out of the Bible. It's Solomon himself who said that. 
A fool is like a dog who continually returns to his vomit. And we're all fools. We're all broken. We all return to the same mess that we ourselves have created. And here we are, here we are in this Gnosticism, this Gnosticism of worshiping our feelings over the facts. Because that's really what Gnosis was 2,000 years ago. Gnosticism, a fake religion, where we started talking about the body being irrelevant and your superior knowledge trumped all physical realities. That was part and parcel of Gnosticism, Gnosis. Gnosis is knowledge. Gnosticism is superior knowledge. So when you have superior knowledge, superior understanding, when your feelings and your emotions and your opinions start to become superior to the reality around you, that's Gnosticism. If you start denying the biological facts of your existence, if you start denying the body and pretending that it's not important and that your feelings will trump the facts of physiology, genetics, and DNA, if you can actually look in the mirror and say you're a female because you have superior knowledge, your opinions of who you are, your feelings about who you want to be, even though you're looking in the mirror at a biological man and you suggest that, no, that's not true, that doesn't matter, I'm a woman. Well, there are a couple of things you can call that. One is it's a lie. Another, it's delusional. You could call it crazy. You could call it a lot of different things, but there's a word that applies to this that has applied for well over 2,000 years, and that's Gnosticism, Gnosis, the elevation of your superior opinions, knowledge, feelings over the facts, over reality, to the point where you deny the goodness of reality and even claim that it's bad. Now, I ask you this, is this a good worldview? Is this a worldview that will work? Has it ever worked? Is there ever any example in human history where an army, a navy, an air force, a nation grounded itself in gnosis, Gnosticism, and rose to dominance, rose to independence, rose to being the most powerful nation on earth, the defender of freedom? Is there ever an example out there that you can cite in the course of human history? In the course of any of the components of the quadrilateral, history, reason, experience, and revelation. Is there anything out there in revelation that tells you that this crazy worldview of gnosis, Gnosticism, opinions over facts, feelings over facts, the denial of reality, of pretending your body doesn't matter but your emotions do, is there any example out there in human experience experience that tells us that this has worked. In Revelation, is there anything in Revelation, whether it be natural law or biblical law, scriptural law, is there anything in the revealed truths around us that proves that this crazy worldview works? Experience? No, I don't see anything in our daily experience that says this makes sense. Historical experience? No, I don't see any documentation of a nation rising and claiming superior status because it grounded itself in these lies. In fact, we see lots of nations falling because they believed this nonsense. I mean, the Old Testament is loaded with nation after nation, tribe after tribe, people after people that fall because they start denying the reality around them. The reality of revelation, 
natural law and God's law, the reality of personal experience, no, it's not working very well for you, the reality of reason, this is not reasonable. This is a denial of logic and reason and fact. In fact, it is unreasonable rather than the honoring of reason. It's the antithesis. It's the antithesis of rationality. It's irrational. There's a reason those two words exist. Excuse me, exist. And then history. Now, history, tradition, the lessons of time. Again, I'm using the quadrilateral to assess the story of the Russian war in the Ukraine, excuse me, in the Ukraine, while at the same time our U.S. Army rises to the challenge and trains our officers, trains our leaders, our military leaders to tend to transgender identity issues. Here's a story from the Washington Free Beacon. After Russian troops invade Ukraine, excuse me, after Russian troops invaded Ukraine in an unprovoked attack, our United States military leaders have risen to the occasion and are intently focused on meeting this new threat. They're being facetious, obviously. The Pentagon, through the United States Army, is dealing with the situation that threatens our world by forcing all of our service members to undergo mandatory gender identity training. I'm serious. They're doing this. I've got the screenshots of the slides that the Pentagon is using to force all of our leaders. This isn't just some crackpot idea out there in some corner where some LGBTQIA activist that's risen to some level of authority in our military is doing this, but everybody else is just kind of saying, that's crazy, that's nuts, we're not doing it. No, everybody, everybody is required to do this by virtue of an edict, an order, a military command from the Pentagon down. This has permeated our culture so pervasively that we now have the Pentagon forcing all of our military officers to undergo training on how to recommend gender transition surgery for those under their command. Maybe, just maybe, it would be a good idea to teach our military officers how to win a war, or or maybe why the Constitution is something that they should defend rather than deconstruct. Maybe teaching them that our free republic is exceptional rather than something to be disparaged. Maybe these are the things that we could focus on. Maybe these should be our highest priorities. But no, our military is focused so much on diversity that defending the Constitution, defending a free republic, understanding why it's excellent and exceptional and superior to, oh, let's say, the government of Russia or Red China, Maybe these are things that our Army, our Navy, our Air Force leadership should understand rather than imbibing the Kool-Aid, the reality-denying Kool-Aid of LGBTQIA+, which 
dumbs down the definition of every human being to nothing but the sum total of their inclinations and defines every human soul by his or her desires rather than the fact that we are created in the image of God, the Imago Dei. And as I've said a thousand times over, maybe teaching our military leaders to understand the words in our seminal document that we are endowed by our creator with certain unalienable rights, and among them are life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness, the pursuit of human purpose, maybe teaching our military's officers to understand why those words are important and that we do have a creator, and that creator has created us in his image, the Imago Dei, not the Imago Dog. We're not animals. We're not defined by our bellies, by our guts, and our libidos. Maybe teaching them that these things are important, and that's why they're in the Army, Navy, and Air Force in the first place to defend the worldview that I just described, rather than tear it down and pretend that those words, endowed by your Creator with certain unalienable rights, meaning you can't take them away. They're given to you by God, not the government. You have a creator, and it's not yourself. It's not your own personal desires, inclinations, wants, and wishes, and passions. You don't create yourself. In fact, that's a crazy delusional argument. You're created by something else. The pottery has a potter. Something has molded you, created you. The painting has a painter. The book has an author. The building has a builder. I mean, as you go through your daily experience, you know that everything else around you was created by something. You don't drive through a housing development and say, oh, it just came together by its own hand. It created itself. That's crazy talk. And because we are endowed by our creator, we have to acknowledge that we are created by our creator and that we have these unchangeable, unalienable rights that can't be taken away by any other man because they weren't given to us by man in the first place or woman. They're given to us by God. This is an important concept in our government in the definition of the United States of America. And we're doubling down on dumb by focusing on diversity rather than the unity, the univerities, the univeritas, the unity of the truths that I just described to you. We're doubling down on delusion. We're doubling down on denial. And I know this is alliteration. I keep... I'm getting into my preaching mode, I guess, right now. But delusion and denial and dumb should not be our top priorities. The national defense should be our top priority in our Department of Defense. Stop talking about diversity. Stop talking about dysphoria. Stop talking about this reality-denying nonsense, and just pay attention to training our soldiers to do what they need to do, and that is to crush our enemies 
and scare them into never attacking us. Do you think Red China is afraid of us right now? If you do, you're not listening to the news. You're not watching babbling Joe Biden in front of the camera every day, inviting aggression by virtue of his weakness, saying stupid things like, we won't we won't really do anything. We won't react if it's a minor incursion. Well, what the heck is a minor incursion? Well, I guess we're finding out. Is what Vladimir Putin is doing right now a minor incursion? And then, this is a rabbit trail and I know it, but then we have these neocons like Lindsey Graham going out there and tweeting as if he can solve the world's crisis by virtue of a tweet. And I would say the same thing if Donald Trump had done it. So don't say, well, hey, you defend Donald Trump's tweets. No, I don't. I've said, thank him when he's right and criticize him when he's wrong. And it's wrong to tweet that you think it's a good idea for somebody to rise up and assassinate Vladimir Putin. Whether you think that that would be a blessing or a curse, don't go out and tweet it if you're a senator of the United States. Do you think maybe you're going to provoke Putin to do something more aggressive than he already has if he hears that the leadership of the United States Senate is calling for an internal Brutus to rise up, that's Lindsey Graham's language, and kill him. This is crazy. That's a rabbit trail. So back to this gender dysphoria, gender uh, training, this transgender policy and protocol that our military is now elevating to its highest good, its highest priority. Dakota Wood, a Marine Corps veteran who specializes in defense issues at the Heritage Foundation think tank, said that the Army's presentation that I'm describing to you right now employs language primarily used by those on the progressive left. Yes, we know that. A telling phrase in the presentation, he said, is this, assigned male or female at birth. That's what this language in the military now says. We hear it all the time. It reveals that whoever developed the presentation for the Army, the Navy, the Air Force, the Marines, that the policy being implemented accepts the argument that gender is an artificial construct rather than a biological reality. Wood then went on to say, this is highly controversial. It's an argument that's promoted by the progressive left and rejected by the conservative right. I'll give you my Piper paraphrase right now of what he just said. Yeah, it's highly controversial and it's promoted by the crazies on the left that want to deny reality and those of us who believe in conserving the truth and living within the facts and not imbibing our feelings and believe that our country can only be sustained by a military that understands what I just said, we should be screaming to the high heavens and telling them to stop this. Wood added this in conclusion, these policies threaten to erode cohesion among our soldiers. That's the fact. That's truth. That is reality right there. Threaten to erode cohesion. I guess you're right. I guess you're right. Because we have no glue to bind us together. Cohesion means to cohere. A glue that binds us together into a unified culture that understands some basics, and I would hope that those basics would start with men are men and women are women, and you can't deny reality just because you feel like it. In times of universal deceit, truth is the only rebellion left. I'm Dr. Everett Piper, and this is 
The Rebellion.